the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's pray over the word at the morning. Father, we thank you for a time together here together. We thank you for you that you have given us your word. And as we search your word, we pray that we will, we will see what you are saying to us, and that you will encourage us in the Lord in, in spite of all that's going on in our world. And we thank you that you're going to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated now. Okay, the passage that we read in 2 Timothy tells us about the condition of the minds and hearts of people in the last days. How deprived, how immoral, how... I mean, he's got a list there that quite covers everything. The, the mindset of the world today. And then in the, in the passage we read in Matthew 24, Jesus tells us about the things that are going to happen in the last days in our world. And as we look at all this, we don't know exactly God's timetable for everything, but we do know that all these things are coming to pass and are escalating rapidly in, in our world today. So for a title, I'm going to call this Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. And you know, the devil knows that the end is drawing nearer and nearer day by day. And he's doing just what Jesus said he would do in his last days, only with greater intensity than ever before. He is causing killing, stealing, destroying all over the world. The whole world is upset. The whole world is in turmoil. And the devil is, is having a heyday with fear, confusion, frustration, uncertainty. He is stirring up everybody. And through the coronavirus, the devil is taking people's lives by the thousands. He is closing Schools, he's closing churches, he's closing businesses, people are losing their jobs. A lot of turmoil in our world. The economy is shaken because of all of this. And like no other time before, we're in a presidential election, which is more confusing than anything we've known. And right now we don't really even know exactly who the next president will be. It's causing a lot of consternation, a lot of frustration, a lot of people upset, and they're turning to violence. They can't handle what's going on in this world. And if that's not enough, the devil's going about stirring up all this racial violence, all this racial disturbance, creating hatred, hatred, everywhere. There's no peace 
on this earth and there will not be until Jesus comes back to dwell and reign, rule and reign here. And you know, people are using their phones as an instrument for creating hate, violence, destruction, false information, everything to, to constantly create confusion and turmoil in the minds of people to where they don't know what's right and what's wrong. And he knows how to bring that uncertainty. But once you're uncertain, you have fear. You have confusion and frustration. And the problem is that all these things that are going on in our world today affect us too. Either directly or indirectly, we're affected by it all. We can't, we can't escape it. And the confusion, you know, we're bombarded with misinformation all day long. You get confusing information. You wear this, wear this mask. No, that's not the right kind. You sanitize your hands. No, part of that's wrong. It'll do you harm. Don't do that. You can't go to school. No, you can't go to school. You can go to church. Well, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't. So all this is just keeping everybody constantly stirred up. But First Corinthians fourteen thirty three tells us that God is not the author of confusion. But he is the author of peace. So the devil is out with his confusion to rob us of our faith. But being a Christian does not mean that we won't face all these troubles and trials and all this confusion. In fact, we Christians are the one who the devil is after because he already has the rest of the world under his control. They're fearful because he is dominating their lives. And they, they're not trusting in God. So in considering all these things, I think to myself, will life ever be the same again? Maybe not. Maybe not. But we have a God who never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So though the end may come, we know we have Jesus. May we hold fast that confession of faith in him. Today is what's being called the new norm. I don't like it. But we're in a new world. We're required to wear these masks. I call them my disguise. That way nobody will know me. But there was a time when you wore a mask, you were definitely suspect. But today, if you're not wearing one, you're suspect. For sure. But the virus is real. We can't deny that. The virus is real. And the devil knows that if he can bring fear and mental torment, he's going to rob us of our peace of mind. So I'm thinking about this mask you know, Faye and I, when we go to a place of business, we wear our masks, cheerfully. <laughs> Hello, cheerfully. Why? Because we want to be peacemakers. We want to bring peace to those around us. See, if I went in that store without my mask, because I believe God would take care of me, they don't know that. 
they don't see me as someone believing for, for God to keep me. They see me as an agitator. They see me as a troublemaker. And to think about this, you can do whatever you want to do with this, but are we tempting God? Are we tempting God when we go in a store without our masks when we're told to do so? See, the devil tried to get Jesus to jump off that cliff, and he said, the angels will take care of you. Jesus said, no, I won't tempt God. See, I don't have to jump off of that cliff to prove anything. So if I do it, I'm forcing God to do something for me that's not necessary. Do you understand what I'm saying about that? Just something to think about. You, you've got to do what you want to do about it. But to me, we're tempting God when we do something we know we shouldn't. And then ask God to take care of me. That's like a tightrope walker walking across a tightrope. God, you take care of me. He says, no, get off that tightrope. Act like you got some sense. <laughs> See, there's, there's some wisdom in this walk. There's some wisdom in this life. But Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So, so let's, let's be peacemakers in the world, not agitators. But again, the devil can play all kinds of games with our minds. How we think, what we think, controls our lives, it controls our actions. In Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he in his heart. So the things that we think about control what we do all the time. But Isaiah 26, 3, I know I'm jumping a lot of scriptures, but tells us God will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on Him. So, as Kendra brought out, we've got to constantly, continually seek the Lord and keep Him on our mind in all of our thoughts and whatever comes, comes and faces us. A lot of times things face us immediately we've got to make a quick decision. We can either say the right thing or we can say the wrong thing. Now, when we allow our minds to wander, we're open prey for the devil. You know, I have a plaque hanging on the wall on my deck outside that one of my grandchildren gave to Faith as a gift. And it says this, Our mind is like a garden, and our thoughts are like seeds. You can grow flowers, or you can grow weeds. And as I read that, I thought, wow, how true that is. How much truth is in that? So it's what we sow in our garden that makes us who we are. You are who you are because what you've sown in your mind, how you think, and how you look at life, and how you observe all the things. And it controls what you do all the time. So I'll say, say that again and rephrase it just a little bit. Our minds are a garden, and our thoughts really are seeds. We can grow fear and confusion, or we can grow peace. Amen. It's what all is going on in your mind that determines how you are. We can sow God's Word in our garden and have peace, or we can neglect our garden and the devil will grow weeds. See, we all know about weeds. See, if you don't, if you don't take care of your garden, you don't have to plant them, they come up. Weeds will take over. 
It's the same with our mind. If we don't concentrate on God and concentrate on His Word, the devil will plant all these all these weeds in our mind. Confusion, fear, doubt, frustration, all these ungodly things the devil will do. So, I ask you what I ask myself. What have you been sowing in your garden? What have you been sowing in your mind? What have you allowed to grow there through neglect? What have you allowed to grow there by listening to wrong things? By not paying attention to God and His Word? But remember, we reap what we sow. And what we sow in our mind is going to come out in our lives. And we see all these <coughs> young people sowing all these ungodly things in their mind and we see what's happening to their lives. Seeds, seeds are very small things. I plant my little zinnia seeds one by one. Just poke them in the ground. You think, how can it ever amount to anything? But they grow. And they grow. And oftentimes, they grow into something really big. And you can plant seeds in your mind that grow. And they grow and make something really great for God. Or they grow until they take your life and the devil destroys you. So these seeds that we plant in our mind are either can be good or they can be bring evil. And in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower of the seed. And he says the good seed is the word of God. But he also says you've got to prepare your garden to receive the word and receive it in faith. You've got to receive his word and his, in order to have peace. But what happens when you sow a little something else in your mind? What happens when you sow a little seed of anger? Anybody ever done that? You know, that it grows it when you fertilize it with meditation. See, you fertilize that anger when you think about it. And the more you think about it, it begins to... Somebody said something that you didn't like. And the more you meditate on it, the more upset you get. And this anger begins to grow. Then you begin to resent that person, and you don't want to talk to them anymore. And then it keeps growing, and if you don't deal with it, it becomes hate. And then you can't stand this person. See how the devil plays the game. As long as you meditate on the wrong things, and it's happening all over the world right now. People are, hate is everywhere. And you read the newspaper, you listen to the news. It's all about people hate. Hatred everywhere. So wrong thoughts can ruin your life. Wrong, wrong thoughts can ruin your Christian testimony. Because if we are thinking wrong, then we're usually going to say something wrong. And then we'll do something wrong. But, you know, recently, of course, we have ever opportunities every day in our, in our life and everything that we hear and say to respond right. Respond with a Christian attitude. 
Well, recently I was in, the, I was having to go to the, my hearing aid and have them reprogrammed. These things are computerized, believe it or not, in our world. But anyway, I had to go have them reprogrammed. So when I got there, the guy said, I'm gonna have to replace the speaker parts in order to improve your hearing. But he said, I don't have them. He says, you have to wait till next week to get them. So I thought, okay. And he said, well, wait a minute. I'm on vacation next week, it'll be two weeks. So some thoughts kind of started to grow. You know, a little, little thought planted there started to grow, but I did all right. But then he, two weeks later, I go in, and he brings the wrong parts. So the seeds are, are growing. The little frustration seeds are growing in my mind. But I, again, I held my peace. Then I was told that he would no longer be coming. See, he only comes to Shelbyville one, one day a month, a week, on Thursday. That's the only day you can go in, the only day you can see him. So he said, I won't be coming back next week, but I, I have a new person coming, but I'll give them the parts. So I go back, and that's been three weeks now. So I go back, lady says, well, I had those parts on my desk, but somehow they didn't get in this bag. You have to wait till next week. So by then, my, my thoughts are seeds of verbal abuse. Now I'm thinking verbal abuse should come forth now to correct this situation. I should, and I almost had a meltdown. You ever had a meltdown? No, no, nobody ever here's ever had a meltdown. But that's when you get so frustrated that you lose it. And I'm sorry to say I have done that before and had to repent, had to apologize. But somehow I got through it. Why did I get through it? Well, there was a still small voice inside that says, this is a test. Hello, this is a test. Wake up, this is a test. You're about to lose your Christian testimony. So I slowed down and thought about it a while. Then I thought about another seed that had been planted in my mind, a little saying that my wife has. Allow for mistakes and you won't get frustrated. See, allow for the other people to make mistakes because you're, you're the only one that suffers from the frustration. So make room in your garden for the other people to make mistakes because you make them too. You make plenty of them yourself, and you probably frustrate a lot of other people at times and don't know it. People frustrate me with their driving, but there's no telling what they think about my driving. And I'm glad I don't hear it. And it's good they don't hear what I think about it. A frustration, oh, frustration. When you get frustrated, you start to think ugly. And then after a while you start to speak ugly and next you start to act ugly. See, when you really get frustrated, that's when you slam doors. Anybody ever slammed a door? How about kicking something? And then you hurt your own foot when you did it. And then you throw something. And then you break something else that you didn't intend to break when you threw that and you broke that too. I remember Brother Hamilton talking about 
throwing them on his uh, either weed eater or something that wouldn't start. And he threw it, and I think it landed on something, broke something else. And the devil says every time, I got you. I got you again. I robbed you of your peace. You lost it. And you have to repent and apologize. You know, frustration, it's a seed that is fueling the fires of unrest all over the world. Frustration. You know, there was a political rally in Washington, D.C. yesterday, and it turned violent. Twenty people had to be arrested. Down in Louisville, we see all these things happening. People frustrated, frustrated. People are looking for solutions to their problems, and they're finding no answer because they're leaving God out of their searching. So their frustration turns to anger, and again, it grows and it grows, and they become the devil's helpers because they become violent, and they literally fulfill those scriptures that the devil comes to kill and to steal and destroy, and they become his instruments. And he uses those people to accomplish their killing and stealing and destroying and all that violence. And then when they can't find any peace with doing all those things, they try to drown their troubles in alcohol and drugs. But after their drugs and alcohol wear off, their problems are still there. And then next comes suicide. And people are killing themselves in vast numbers today. The coronavirus is bad, but the suicide rate is extremely high too because people can't live with themselves and the conditions of the world. And you know, a life without God in control is a vain life. It's empty, for only God can give peace. And he can do it even in uncertain times if we just trust him. If you would turn to John chapter 14, we'll read this passage. It's familiar, but nevertheless, we need it. We need it. John 14, beginning with verse 27. If I find it myself, I'll be all right. Okay. Jesus said this. Is it peace I leave with you? My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So if you notice closely, the peace is a gift. He says, I give this peace to you. You don't have to seek it as a Christian. He says, I give that to you. I've granted that to us. Let us, claim, let us claim this peace. Let us hold on to it. Let us guard it with all diligence. Why? Because peace can only be found in two places in this world. Peace can only be found first in the heart of a true Christian believer 
And secondly, it can only be found in the dictionary. <laughs> A little tumble. Yeah, peace is either in your heart or it's in the diction dictionary or it's nowhere else. Though the world seeks peace by the very actions they create anything but peace. You know, back when the World War II, everybody said once that World War II will have world peace. Never happened. Another war, another war, another war. It never happens. It never comes. It never will come. Except in our hearts as we trust the Lord. And fear, oh, fear knocks on the door of all of us. Every once in a while, something pops up. Fear pops up. We're not immune to it. But it's what we do with it that matters. We sow Jesus' words in our heart. We read of his love, his saving grace, his protecting grace, his mercy. We plant, sow that in our garden. And it'll block out and nullify the seeds of doubt and fear and confusion. We have to fight against all of that. Those are weeds. All of that is where weeds that the devil's planting and try to destroy us and our faith. But in Psalm 56, David said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. That's not a contradiction because when fear is going to come, but you immediately turn to the Lord and seek what God says about it. And in Psalm 34, David said again, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. So when fear comes, we turn to God. And we have, if we've got his word planted in our mind, in our garden, it'll come up. It'll come up and it'll combat these things. But if we haven't been diligent to put his word in our, in our mind, we'll allow these thoughts and fears to control us. And you know, when you get real fearful, you can get physically down as well. Because it affects our whole being. So no matter what happens in the world to come, in the days ahead, God is still in control of his world. And he is watching over us. And he is a good shepherd. He didn't draw us to himself and save us from our sins to go off and leave us. He gave us his word. And he gave us his Holy Spirit to guide us and to reveal that word to us so that we can have peace. So we must pray that may the word of God in us have such an effect that the world sees Jesus in us as we demonstrate our lives in the things that we say, how we respond to problems, how we act in certain situations. If we've got God's word in our heart, we will, we'll, we'll be victorious. But an idle mind is just an open door for the devil to plant his seeds. And they'll choke the word and kill our faith. But if we sow these words of God in our heart and we nurture it with prayer, faith will grow, fear will go, and peace will flow. See, if you put God's word in your heart, faith will grow, 
fear will go and peace will flow out of your life. So let's turn to, to Philippians chapter 4. And let's just begin with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what will happen? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, he says, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of good report, if there be any virtue, there be any praise think on these things and those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you so here we are promised the peace of God if we just keep God in our thoughts push aside all these other things that are going on around us, all the fears and the troubles of the world. And I believe God, Jesus is saying to us this morning, seek me in the good times, seek me in the hard times, and you'll find me watching over you at all times. Seek me in the good times, seek me in the hard times, and you'll find me watching over you all the time. See, it's all, it's all in us in our willingness to trust God and believe God and not believe the devil and what he's trying to do in this world. So we are, we are to be a light in this world in the midst of all this darkness and confusion. We are to be a light that shines. We are to have that peace. We're to wear that mask with a smile. And we're, we should be a, a people with a smile on our face at all times, even in the midst of our troubles, so that people will ask you, how can you be smiling? And you can tell them, I have Jesus in my heart. I have his word in my heart. And it controls my mind and my thoughts and my actions. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son who came and died to prove your love to us. We, we confess that we, as we trust in your word that we will have peace in our hearts as we go about our daily lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God is good.